Number six of a Christmas Miscellany 2018 by Various. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Number six, A Plum Pudding by Sabine Baring Gould. As far as man could suppose, every element that goes to make up happiness was united to bless Mr. and Mrs. Birdwood he was in easy circumstances that is to say he had earned enough money not to be obliged to work any longer and had his own little house and could keep a slavey he was inoffensive in his pursuits being fond of flowers especially of roses which he grafted and what harm can there be in a man who loves gardening next to marrying a curate a woman has a good certainty of her husband turning out amiable and orderly if he grafts roses then again he was in the prime of life by no means bad-looking amiable and placid you could not study his face and not see that he was good-natured on the other hand mrs birdwood was comely a lively woman neat in shape under thirty and of a florid complexion which ought to suit a man addicted to flowers she had made a good match said her friends for she was one of fourteen and had come penniless to his arms she had been eliza gubbins and had dropped the gubbins at the altar no one could deny that she was the gainer when she acquired a name that carried with it a suggestion of piping and tooting and whistling and jug-jugging and cooing of all kinds of songbirds but there is a fly in every cup a thorn to every rose some bone in every joint you get from the butcher a cloud in every sky mr birdwood was of an overplacid and too easy-going nature to satisfy mrs birdwood who was impulsive exacting and sanguine he accepted connubial felicity as he did his meals as something anticipated necessary and ordinary instead of exhibiting an effusion of gratitude to his wife for making him happy he budded his roses and divided his bulbs and potted his tubers as though that were the main object of his life instead of falling down and admiring that luminous transcendental being who had condescended to come into jessamine villa to be his happiness they had been married a twelvemonth rather more eliza gubbins had supposed that an enamoured swain after marriage would grow in love like a conflagration which increases as you add fuel but it was not so he was warm and approving but never rose above blood heat moreover he had a provoking christian name josiah that he could not alter eliza had fed on poetry and romance in her maiden days and the name josiah had in it nothing poetical no romance i can't call you joss she said for that is the short for joseph or joshua well then call me ziah sire no thank you it would seem as though i regarded you as my sovereign as yet there was no child nor prospect of one this fact might have been considered a reason why they should have been more than ever devoted to one another as there was no distraction no one else in the house to love except the slavey and she was naturally out of the question but it was not so mrs birdwood had nothing else to think about except the lack of ardour in mr birdwood and nothing else to do but fret over it my dear said josiah birdwood one day at table my dear i think maggie finch is just about your size and build maggie finch and who is she i mean the girl at miss thomas's the dressmakers 
maggie finch indeed exclaimed eliza turning first red then white and pray what do you know about that witheringly maggie finch oh nothing my dear only she is in miss thomas's shop and what do you know of miss thomas's shop why not my dear you go to mr gardiner's mr gardiner the tailor i mean oh, of course i do i have tailor-made dresses then why should not i go to the milliner's to have a milliner-made suit it is preposterous maggie finch indeed how do you know she is a maggie miss thomas calls her so besides well sternly eyeing him i got her the situation oh i see you got her the situation yes her poor father i want to hear nothing of the poor father it is poor maggie you think of i see all clear as daylight a finch and a birdwood match much better than a gubbin and a birdwood and then she burst into tears my dear be reasonable and kindly give me a spoonful of gravy my bacon is dry how can you how can you heartless cruel man oh that i had married a commercial traveller a bagman my dear you need not open your mouth nostrils and eyes with such a snorting affectation of surprise i said it a commercial traveller i did not know my dear no you did not know that i had a, a tender corner in my heart a general predilection for commercials they go about in flights like hummingbirds in the brazilian forests have you been in brazil dear no i have not but i have read of them living animated jewels they are which the bagmen or the hummingbirds i won't speak to you any more you purposely misunderstand me to insult me that you may go off to your maggie finches there is only one dear and so much the worse you focus you concentrate on that wretched object the admiration the love of which i am bereaved if you go gallivanting and meandering round dressmakers assistants i can do the same i will not be left out in the cold for any maggie finches i can tell you there are plenty of bagmen as you call them commercials in their proper designation who would be only too glad too proud to lick the dust off my feet my dear you are hot well i have occasion to be hot and my tea is cold this is an outrage mrs birdwood rose and flounced out of the room she rushed upstairs casting at the slavey en passant a notice to quit for no particular reason but as a vent to her wrath and she dashed into the bedroom where nothing had as yet been put in order and threw herself in the armchair and burst into a flood of tears she remained for some time crying and fanning herself into a greater flame of wrath then she rose and went to the window she saw her husband he had taken off his coat and he was digging in the garden he had told her the previous evening that he expected hard frost and would turn up the mould that the slugs might be killed actually after that scene after those reproaches hurled at him after that exposure he was placidly digging that the frost might kill the slugs really the man was unendurable about an hour later he drew on his coat and came in and brushed down his trousers and washed his hands mrs birdwood lurked about watching he went out at the front door passed into the street and disappeared
mrs birdwood drew on her cloak adjusted a hat and followed she had hardly reached the gate before she saw josiah turn in at a door to a shop some way up the street over which was inscribed thomas milliner and dressmaker the die is cast flaunting his vices in the face of his wife i too can be vicious if he goes hunting dressmakers why even i can seek commercial travellers she set her lips her eyes glared her face was terrible in its wrath she hastened to retrace her steps gathered together a few of her most valued and necessary goods and left the house there she said slamming the iron gate after her there two can play at this game if he deserts me i also can desert him good-bye to jessamine villa oh that i had married a commercial she took her way to the station let me see said she i'll go a junketing to the seaside and enjoy myself happily i have money he gave me enough to pay the monthly bills won't he be surprised when he comes back from finching to find me flown yes i'll go to sandbourne and enjoy the sea breezes and pick up shells and seaweeds and look at the visitors and perhaps a commercial or two may flit past my admiring eyes their manners are so elegant they have such persuasive ways their address is so engaging furnished with a ticket she got into a second-class carriage she was about to enjoy herself so she would not go third and she had money to spend there was a gentleman in the carriage he had been seeing a number of large black boxes put into the luggage van he took his seat after mrs birdwood had ensconced herself in a corner hoping to have a carriage to herself off went the train as already said mrs birdwood was a comely woman and this the other traveller perceived and was unable to take his eyes off her if a cat may look at a king then surely a commercial may gaze on a pretty woman mrs birdwood did not like it and put up her hand to let down her veil unhappily in her hurry at leaving she had forgotten her veil christmas coming soon said the gentleman a time of holly and mince pies and above all of mistletoe i think i know some one who would like to be under mistletoe bush with somebody else unnamed and i think said mrs birdwood i know someone who would like to have a bunch of holly with which to whack into somebody else unnamed oh, going any distance miss asked the bagman i don't quite know where i am going inadvertently replied the runaway wife then she bit her tongue in vexation at having said what she had uh, let me recommend sandbourne said he confidingly a charming place beautiful beach excuse me i think the ticket you hold ah it is for sandbourne how happy a coincidence i am going there as well if i can be of any assistance with your luggage command me i have none indeed going to friends she was silent tears came into her eyes tears of mortification and anger my dear young lady said the fellow-passenger i trust i have not touched on any tender point when lovely woman stoops to conquer especially with tears as her weapons she is irresistible really sir exclaimed mrs birdwood i must request you to desist from these impertinences and this odious familiarity a thousand pardons i am mute 
on reaching sanborn station mrs birdwood dismounted from the train greatly relieved to be able to shake off the gentleman who had annoyed her she sought out a modest inn and then walked down to the shore a pretty pass josiah will be in thought she when he finds that i am gone there will be ructions in the house well if he will run after finches he must take the consequences and christmas coming on as well and no comforts no plum pudding i'll be bound that jemima will serve up the roast beef without any horseradish serve him right and as to yorkshire pudding she can't make it very glad he'll suffer where most sensitive oh she saw a large colored poster a circus i have not seen one since i was a girl i will go but she did not enjoy herself at the horsemanship her mind reverted to jessamine villa and to a plum pudding she had made a month ago and had put away in a tin to be ready for christmas she wished she had brought it with her but she had left it behind locked up her husband knew nothing about it the slavey was equally ignorant now that costly and excellent plum pudding would be lost for she would never go back to jessamine villa never never within the sound of the name of finch that plum pudding had been made from an excellent recipe given her by her mother five pound suet four pound flour three pound bread crumbs four and a half pound raisins three pound currants one and a half pound sugar one pound mixed peel one pint old ale one nutmeg six teaspoonful salt two quarts milk twelve eggs boiled eight hours a sufficient quantity for nine puddings four of which are large she could rehearse it by heart of course in the small establishment at jessamine villa nine puddings four of which were large were not required but the late mrs gubbins had been a woman with a large family and a larger heart and she had been accustomed to send puddings to her married sons and daughters mrs birdwood had halved everything and then had been able to give a pudding to an aunt at bandon another she had sent to a married brother in london a small one she had reserved for a poor old woman who received her charities and the rest were for jessamine villa consumption and now dear 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 sighed mrs birdwood not observing anything in the arena i beg pardon did you mean me asked a voice she turned and saw the commercial traveller beside her no sir she retorted sharply i alluded to the pudding with raisins at five pence and only nine eggs a shilling it is dear very dear inexpressibly dear i beg pardon again i don't quite take it in the pudding was not for your consumption sir you would confer on me miss a great favour if you would give me your name a thousand apologies for asking my name is she choked should she give her married or her maiden name never mind and mine is fisher i am in the hosiery and haberdashery business that is to say i travel for a firm in that line i am now staying at the woolpack at the woolpack well so am i she cried in dismay this will never do no never she dashed out of the circus went to the inn removed her trifling effects paid her bill and departed to the red lion next morning she came down to the coffee-room and was dismayed to find there mr fisher good gracious me she exclaimed i thought you were at the woolpack so i was but as it seemed to offend you and i could not think of annoying a lady i went back when the performance was over paid my account and departed to another inn the red lion 
this will never do gasped mrs birdwood i shall leave immediately she hastened to the station and took the train for bandon she would go to her aunt the plum pudding had preceded her if she followed it was but like a player of bowls who delivers his ball and then runs after it her aunt was pleased to see her and asked what occasion this visit mrs birdwood made the excuse that she wished to see her before christmas and that she had friends in bandon she also desired to see she had not visited them since her she gulped her marriage i dare say auntie i may remain here a few days delighted my dear to see you but you do not intend to remain long because christmas is at hand the day after to-morrow and of course you will be back for that mrs birdwood looked down and did not answer next morning she went to see friends about midday she returned when she was encountered by her aunt in the passage my dear dreadful news have you heard heard no what it comes from jemima's mother your maid of all work as you took from here at my recommendation she writ to her mother yesterday evening and it is shocking awful what is it aunt mrs birdwood turned white that slavey had written her that her mistress had run away and doubtless with amplifications of her own run away with a commercial in the hosiery and haberdashery line and had been seen with him at a circus at sanborn you must prepare yourself for the worst said the aunt i know it i know it gasped mrs birdwood i don't see how you can as it only happened yesterday said the old lady well tell me all hold back nothing your dear josiah he's gone and scalded himself to death in trying to bile a plum pudding for his christmas dinner the flesh has come off in collops just like an overboiled leg of veal with rice you know don't cling to the bone i had a rabbit too once mrs birdwood uttered a cry she did not stay to hear about the rabbit but flew to the station she was just in time to catch a train she took her ticket for uh, she asked for one to jessamine villa but the clerk said there was no such station then she recalled the name of the town in the outskirts of which jessamine villa was situated weeping trembling sick at heart she sat in the third-class carriage as she was whirled home to the home she had left to the husband she had deserted on reaching the station where she had to disembark she flew to the villa from a distance she could see the blinds were drawn down but then it was evening and a lamp was alight within was it where he was laid out in his bones she burst in at the door bathed in a dew of anguish as well as heat rushed into the sitting-room and found there mr birdwood in an armchair by the fire his foot up reading a catalogue of horticultural structures well my dear said he back again and you you have not been scalded yes my foot how jemima said she couldn't make a christmas plum pudding and i said we must have one so i tried my hand but the flesh has, has it left the bone in collops no i am blistered that is all i spilt the mess over my foot it was not quite on the boil i believe goodness me and how did you make the mess well all right raisins and flour no suet no no mixed peel never thought of it any old ale well, of course not nor eggs did not suppose they were wanted then said mrs birdwood it was a mess i'm glad it was all spilt she heaved a sigh 
oh josiah how could you i did my level best he replied now look here do you see that parcel open it it is a silk gown my christmas present to you all ready for you to wear to church to-morrow it was fitted on maggie finch as she is your size and shape with trembling fingers mrs birdwood opened the parcel and drew forth a really gorgeous silk dress oh she said and that finch she served as dummy on which to fit it you know and that was all that took you to miss thomas's what more do you want not an evening dress also low-breasted and shoulder-straps oh 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 josiah i have been so wicked i thought oh but never mind what i thought i intended to run away and desert you fancy forever pshaw you couldn't do it and to take up with a commercial my dear you couldn't do it and his name is fisher not a hummingbird but a kingfisher i suppose but in the hosiery and haberdashery line you couldn't do it i really believe you are right said mrs birdwood throwing herself on his neck and bursting into tears there there dear that will suffice said josiah and asked his wife what did you think when i disappeared i didn't think anything about it i knew it was all right and what have you been doing without me well i've been trying to make up my mind whether to have a span or a lean-to conservatory you are positively incorrigible then i tried my hand on the plum pudding and failed so now we shall have to do without no ten thousand times no replied mrs birdwood triumphantly she went to a corner cupboard unlocked it produced a tin took off the lid here here is a real plum pudding for our happy christmas dinner and said mr birdwood i bought a sprig of mistletoe at the door and will kiss you under it end of a plum pudding by sabine bearing gould